Hello everyone, welcome back to What's Poppin' Terrebonne. I got Aaron, CEO of Cigar Heads over here in Homo, Louisiana on Corporate Drive. And I got Brad Doyle, uh, wrestling coach at Terrebonne, Terrebonne educator. Uh, bringing Brad in because he, he's new into our education system over here at Terrebonne. We're your second year teacher, right? This will be my second year coming up, yeah. Okay. And we got uh, Aaron over here, you know, he's, uh, he's from... South of Fouche, right? You went to South of Yeah, I'm native of this parish. Native, well, okay. Yeah, like all my background, my family's from uh, Southern Terrebonne. Okay. I just grew up in Lafouche Parish. And you homeschool your children, right? Homeschool. So we have like two point of views here, homeschool and everything. And, uh, so um, let's get on to uh, Brad. So uh, uh, you were a graduate of Tulane and LSU? Yes, sir. I have a mathematics degree from Louisiana State University, and my education certification comes from Tulane University. Okay, and uh, when did you graduate? Sure thing. I graduated from LSU in 2015, and Tulane in 18 or 19. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> and uh, what was it? What was it like going to LSU? Was it, was it wild? Um, I probably had a little bit different college experience. Oh. Uh, I was a huge gamer nerd. Um, I hung out at home a lot, played video games, that sort of thing. Uh, went out occasionally, uh, but game days were nuts. I uh, loved it, but, uh, you know, I think I preferred Tulane University a little bit better. That just The LSU scene wasn't for me, honestly. Okay. And uh, what made you uh, go after another degree over at Tulane? Yeah, for sure. So when I started at Tulane, uh, I was double major, right? So I was going to get my mathematics degree and my education degree. And then when I transferred to LSU, uh, they told me it was going to be two or three more years added on. So I would have graduated in like 2017 if I wanted to keep my education certification. And so I just got my math degree from LSU and um, decided if I really want to do the teaching thing, I would go back to Tulane a little bit later, you know. Okay, okay. And uh, you are uh, graduated from Jesuit, right? Yeah, so I graduated from Jesuit High School in New Orleans in 2011. Uh, but it might be important to note that, you know, I'm not from Terrebonne Parish. Uh, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Jefferson County in Louisville. I moved down to New Orleans when I was a sophomore in high school and uh, finished in Je my Jesuit education in 2011. Okay, okay, okay. So that's Brad Doyle, man. <laughs> no, uh, and then we've got A.A. Ron, Aaron. Verdan over here from, uh, you know, recently started Cigar Heads. He's sponsoring us today. Thank you there, Aaron. Yeah, uh, been talking to Woody every day, talk about all kinds of things here at this table, so I figured I'd come on his podcast and experience some of that here with these guys and uh, a little bit of my background. I grew up in Fouche Parish, um, went to Nichols State, on and off in the oil field, out the oil field, which seems like the path most people take in this area. A little bit of college, a little bit of oil field, back and forth. Absolutely. And then um, just worked around, like ended up not going, like not finishing college, worked different jobs throughout the oil field. Um, had kids, boat captain. <laughs> now I'm here selling cigars. I, uh, I figured we're not a better time to start working for myself. Yeah. yeah Quality cigars, too, man. If you want certain sticks that are hard to find, it's a place to come. You know, De Definitely limited quality and the best sticks you're going to find pretty much in America. Really hard stuff get, hard to get stuff, you know, so. Yeah, yeah we pride ourselves in getting stuff that's not run-of-the-mill. You're not going to see it. Yeah, some eclectic you know, stuff, places. right? Yeah. 
it's kind of our thing, eclectic smokes. Yeah. So um, getting down to it, let's let's. Let, uh, so I really want to hit on the whole uh, uh, education thing today with uh, with Brad. And so, so Brad, like you are, what are you teaching at Terrebonne High School? Sure thing. Uh, this past year, I taught Algebra three, Business Math, and Math Essentials, and I think it's important that I kind of describe what those are. Uh, algebra 3 is uh, a brand new subject here in Terrebonne Parish. I think they've done it for the last two years, uh, but this was my first year teaching it. Um, basically, if students didn't score high enough on their ACT to move into pre-calculus, they stuck them in an Algebra 3 class. And it sounds bad to say they stuck them in. Uh, basically, it's designed to improve ACT scores. And then Math Essentials is for kiddos that are having an issue passing Algebra 1, which is a requirement to graduate here in Louisiana. So if you're having trouble passing Algebra 1, they kind of step back a little bit, give you a little bit more uh, basic algebra to kind of help you pass Algebra 1 eventually. Like the goal is to pass Mass Essentials and then move on to Algebra 1 and eventually get that B just so you can graduate and move on. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, and you homeschool your children, right? Yeah, that's correct. What's the, what was what the biggest movement for, for homeschooling? Um, I mean, I have personal issues with the public school system, but my main reason is my son, he has autism and ADHD. Mm-hmm. And it's like the school system, like, they wanted me to medicate my child pretty much. And that's not the route I wanted to take as a parent with my child. That's, that's completely and, um, You know, because in my view of my kid, school pushes this route, like, to college. Like, you got to yeah. follow this mold to succeed. Mm-hmm. They don't take in like kids that just aren't going to succeed in those ways most of the time. There's not many programs to help kids to succeed in that. And as a business owner, I figure what a better place to raise my kid and show him different ways to succeed is maybe starting his own businesses at a young age or something. Okay, okay. And um, so let's go back to the you, uh, Brad. Like you are an educator. You know, um, that's something I would love to do in retirement is be an educator. I feel like. I coach softball. And I've always taught classes, different safety classes, or different uh, hydrographic survey classes for uh, advanced hydrographic companies and stuff like that. And I've always took teaching seriously. Uh, but the biggest thing I want to know from you, you know, you're like a new guy coming into our school system. You think you're making a difference, man? Um, maybe not academically, uh, but socially and help building the community. I think for sure. Uh, there are a lot of kids that need some sort of mentor, some sort of guidance, right? And I think as a male in the education system, which is predominantly female, right? Um, I'm not going to say like my father figure, but almost like an older brother being as young as I am. I'm 28 years old, so I'm just a decade older than a lot of the kids that I teach, but I also am interested in a lot of the same thing they are. You know, I get TikTok, I get Snapchat, I get all those things, but at the same time, I also get all those adult things like taxes and responsibility and, and, and that sort of thing, right? So I get to be kind of this older brother. Um, so even if they're not really learning math, helping them navigate through life, I think I do make some some difference, you know? Okay, okay. So like going back on making a difference, you know, um, you, you say you teach uh, some people on the college path, I imagine, and some people on the, the work path, someone that's not going to go to college. What are those differences and what do parents and us we need to be looking out for with our children? Like, should we be coming to these conclusions like, like our kids in tenth grade? You know, like 
he doesn't get the best grades. I would, let's, let's face it, I didn't get good grades in high school. I didn't even try in the past. You know what I'm saying? I, I graduated high school. I don't think, I think I might, might have tried like three times because I had to like get a certain, couldn't like double fail at the end of the semester. To, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's the same way. It's, you know, but that stunned me in college because I just got by in yeah. high school. You know, it was the time I got to college. It was, in order to succeed in college, you can't just get by. You, right. Do you think there's a time in, say, like in our adolescent life where a parent needs to sit there and assess the situation? Like, is, our, is my kid college material? Sure. Um, so first and foremost, I'm definitely an idealist when it comes to that. Uh, I want every kid to be able to essentially be on a college path. Now, is college for everybody? Is everybody going to do that? No, but I at least want everyone to be ready and be able to do that sort of thing, right? Um, what do you know best? Your, your son you know, didn't do the, the best in high school, yeah. but and he makes a lot more money than me. We, we talked about this, right? And I'm sure you guys make a lot more money than me, and I have two degrees, right? Um, so to say college is for everybody, I'm not quite sure. Um, the way I like to describe it is I like to eat, so... I need someone to flip burgers, right? And I work at Chick-fil-A as well to kind of keep me busy. And I love cooking, right? So there's always going to be a need for some sort of laborer in that regard too, right? But I hate this idea that we say, you know, at 16, if you're not cutting the mustard, you have to go into industry or Mm -hmm. straight to work, right? In an ideal situation, everyone should be able to push through, graduate high school with the same knowledge, right, and then make that decision when they're 18, when their mind is somewhat functioning, because we know that 18-year-old minds don't necessarily work the greatest, right? (laughs) And, um, you know, at at a certain age, they get to make that decision, but I hate that someone else makes that decision for them, you know, and that's kind of the way it is right now. But on the other hand, if you say you push every child towards the path to go to college, when you know that that's not possible for every child to go to college, when you could give that child like some, um, like with vocational school or things like that, you could give him some pride and like he does something, he succeeds at it, he does it well. If you start pushing every child to go on a college path, like it's kind of like a setup for failure. Yeah. Like that could crush some kids, well, that could lead them down a path that that's like non-repairable. The only thing I would say to that is why can't every kid go to college? You know what I'm saying? Well, what what are it, what's the problem with our situation that not every kid is going to make it to that level, right? To have some sort of basis uh, in math, English, social studies, whatever, right, where they can't even attempt to go to college, you know? That says a lot about how our education system is functioning, that we can't get everyone to that point, you know what I'm saying? Well, this is where I come from, right? I have a 23-year-old son, awesome dude, man, growing up and becoming a man right now, you know, and... um, I knew when he was was in high school that he could go to college and he could graduate college. And I think every every child and every teenager in our parish has the has the opportunity and has the knowledge, you know, to go to college. But do they have the drive? Do they have the the willpower? Absolutely, willpower to make it through that. And uh, my son, you know, he went to college. He lasted a total of six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, but at least he got in and, yeah. and that sort of thing, right? Like, why can't we get it to a point where everybody gets in, you know, yeah, yeah. and at least has the opportunity to and try? Then, I, I, and I do believe that, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and that, that's very, that's, that's possible. I think we do, we do give our children the opportunity, but are they taking advantage of these opportunities in high school or in high school, you know? And, uh, to call. So a little bit of background about me. Uh, I grew up out in uh, San Diego, 
I had some uh, very bad problems coming up, and uh, my mom kind of had to like uh, send me live with my dad, and he sent me here to she sent me here to the Terrell Parish. Uh, went to HL when I was a sophomore, and I had no idea what high school really was, or what homecoming was, what a football game was. You know, what I'm saying I was pretty much on the streets, running rampant, you know, uh, doing drugs, freaking, you know, rolling with gangs. Doing basic B and E's, you know, just freaking going, going wild, you know. And uh, I come here, and they moved me here in the beginning of the summer to Gray, Louisiana, and I didn't know no one, you know. And I sobered up, and uh, I got into into high school, and like almost like changed my life, man. And well, it did change my life. Like if I was still in San Diego with those those three major years, my sophomore, my junior, my senior year in San Diego. I'd probably be dead or locked up or right. with freaking some tattoos on my face. Well, I got tattoos on my <laughs> face, you know, going wild, you know. You know, and uh, but coming here and refocusing my energy to a whole different uh, atmosphere completely changed me from being that ghetto little hoodlum kid to being an all-out high school kid. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so I do believe that, you know, every kid has the opportunity and the ability to go to college. You know what I'm saying? My biggest thing is to send a kid that's 18 years old to college to college, and, and think that they know what they want to do. Right. You know, yeah, I think that's just ridiculous. Like, that's a ridiculous concept. Like, like. Um, I, I wanted know, to fly jets. I didn't know three years ago I'd be opening a cigar shop. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so that was like the biggest thing for my son was like I told I used to tell him he was growing up, and I was like I said, you see all these male role models we have around here? None of us picked what we wanted to do. You know, what I'm saying ninety nine point nine percent of the males you know in around here, they moved where the money took them. You know, what I'm saying they, yeah. if I worked at the cookie company at high school, if I was making enough money to support my family, I would have made that a life job. That was awesome. Yeah, you know for sure. <laughs> I think that's that's a, the big thing, and that's not necessarily on education. But yeah. as, as long as you have enough money to to live, you know, I, I love working oh. in the kitchen. Like I said, I work at Chick Fil A. If I felt like if I can make what I make now at Chick Fil A, I would totally do it. Right mm-hmm. and now, there's option opportunities as managers and that sort of thing, but. You know, because of the pyramid system, not everybody can be a manager, yeah. right? So that's just not viable for me. Well, some of that falls on the parents, too. Like, as a parent, you should be able to watch your children. Like, I think parents put a lot on educators in the education system. But as a parent, you should watch your children. You should know if they're going to be college material or if that even interests them or what interests them and yeah. which ways you should point their focus. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think we're going to talk about vocational schools, too. But I think what needs to happen is that you know, say 14 or 16, I don't know what the age is, hopefully your academics are where they should be, right? You should be making A's, B's, and C's, and math, English, social studies, whatever. And then maybe you can probably make some sort of decision. Like, look, I don't want to go to college, whatever. But as it is now, we'll have freshmen that are not freshman-level math, right? We're doing fourth, fifth grade math, right? So can that person make some sort of decision about what vocation they want to go towards? Mm, I don't know, right? So ideally, yes, I would I would love for all kids to just essentially graduate with some sort of certification, go into some sort of vocation, but they honestly don't even know enough once they get to 14, 15, 16 to even make that decision. Yeah. So I, I would just like our education to be where it's supposed to be to get those kids to where they have that knowledge to make that decision at 16. Then maybe those last two years, yeah, they could go to a 
auto mechanics school, HVAC, whatever it may be. But the way it is now, they don't know anything essentially yeah. once they're a freshman and sophomore. I don't. I didn't know anything for a long time. <laughs> really, like my high school career was blurry. I was just trying to have some fun, right. you know. And you know, let's go, let's get back to the parenting uh, sure. subject. So, like, Sorry, I didn't mean to take us off. Yeah, the biggest thing is like I tell my friends, and I told a lot of people, and I caught some caught some slack was. You know, like, uh, I'm told both of you this. Is like, just because you love your children doesn't mean you're a good parent. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, there is parents that completely agree with their child, think they're doing the best, you know what I'm saying? And the child's in seventh and eighth grade. He probably is acting up. You know, that yeah. is actually <laughs> acting up, you know? Like, uh, and, uh, and stuff, but... Uh, I, I feel that they do put too much on the educator, but I do understand on like one parent households where um, parents working two jobs, you know, because when I grew up in San Diego, that's like my biggest issue is my mom worked three jobs. She was going to work at 4.30 and some nights she wouldn't even come home. She would go to her, she would go to her next job at like 11 at night and sleep there and wake up and go to work at 4.30 you know, a 4.30, so I was literally running rapid around the streets. Yeah, you're and, raising yourself. You know what I'm saying? That rapid around the streets. It wasn't her fault. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't her fault. She was trying to survive in San Diego, you yeah. know, and raise two children. And, uh, you know, but, you know, that does come to, like, uh, but my mom is very uneducated, too, in herself. That, like, we did have a boys and girls program, a girls program over there club that I could have got into, and she made sure I was in, and, you know, that... They have definitely a lot of mentors that way, you know, mentors that way, and I guess they didn't. But she didn't know nothing about those services, right? Those services. So going back to uh, to to education, so you're like in there every day, right? And you see all these kids, you know, all these kids. What do you think is like the three most broken issues in our education system at your level? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think kind of you just touched on it. it. It's the broken family, right? I get this question all the time. You know, how do you fix the education system? Is it a matter of spending more money on the actual school, getting more textbooks, getting more technology? And all honestly, no. The answer is fixing what's going on at home. Um, I forget what the psychologist is, but he's got this basic hierarchy of needs where you've essentially got three to five things that need to be met before you can start to learn or progress through life. It's like clothed, fed, right? felt like comfortable uh, in whatever setting safety is a big thing right so before I can learn anything in the classroom I have to have these needs met and honestly a lot of our kids needs aren't being met whether it's not having someone at home to help them do homework right or they're coming to school hungry which I think we're doing a good job of you know feeding them once they get to school then we could have the argument about how um, healthy the lunches are but that's for another conversation right so the big problem is fixing home life. Now we can debate all day on how you fix home life, but I'd say that's number one. Right? So you're saying basic needs before even education. So Absolutely. Basic parity needs, and that's not, you know, your kid's not, it, your kid will probably fall behind if they're not getting the basic needs at home before they go to yeah, absolutely. Well, I have something to say about that. So, like, my son is my stepson, which I always refer to as my son. But I came in this life when he was six, you know what I'm saying, when he was six. And uh, I have something shameful to say, you know, uh, when he graduated high school, I read two of his papers, that was it, you know? And now that I look back at that, I really think like, 
if I was reading all his papers, his essays the whole time. Well, two in his high school career. I used to read him when he was younger, but when he got to like junior high, I wasn't reading his papers. Right, you weren't over his shoulder. You know, and I was letting the parents do that. But unlike my daughters, that are, their papers are wrote, written on Google Chrome now, and then I have access to that. I read their papers constantly, and I really see where they're developing as a human. You know, what I'm saying as a human because, um, you know, they do have write opinion piece papers and stuff like that. So uh, and see how they're growing intellectually, you know, and uh, and uh, academically reading these papers, and I feel like my son missed out on that a little bit more. And that, that, that I'm not saying that becoming it's me. From not being a from being a bad parent, but yeah, I wasn't. I was thrown into parenting real quick when sure. it came to him. You know, sure. when it came well, to him. I mean, it's it's life though. Like I come from a split home. You know, my parents. Whenever I was thirteen, straight A student to like thirteen, parents get split up. Yeah. My grades fall off, but like my parents didn't predict that. You know, I didn't act. It's just life. You know, like yeah. sometimes life hits, and it's hard. You know, Tristan's your oldest son, so like yeah. that's. Uh, you know, I was like the first, like the first steps of being a parent. Yeah, you know, it's it was, like the trial it was, it was run. Yeah, and he was crazy. He was crazy, man. I did this, settled down to puberty. He was just like running. Like, yeah, for running. sure. And I, I know you. You're a great dude. And I think I've just seen how you interact with your uh, daughters at Terrebonne High School. And I think you're a, a great dad, right? And so now you've got a bunch of kids that don't even get that, right? Yeah. And so like um, when it comes to like being a father, I I really feel like. I, as a dad, you know, have to check myself daily. Like, hey, dude, I do a good job being a dad. And when us parents don't check ourselves and ask us those questions and QC ourselves, I definitely think you will disimprove as a father. You know what I'm saying? As a parent, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to check yourself. Like, oh, yeah. check yourself as a parent. You check yourself at your job. You know what I'm saying? Am I doing a good job? You know, like, I need a raise. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, and the hardest thing we'll do is, uh, as as parents raise their children well that's you know raise their children they're definitely a reflection of us so yeah for sure you know, that's um, the only thing you do you get one shot at it too you know? <laughs> yeah. right yeah, one, one shot, shot. yeah yeah <laughs> um, so I don't know if you're ready for my, my second thing yeah. you asked three things um, I think the second thing is probably teacher turnover rate right so let me kind of explain at least what I've seen right I've been a teacher for about three years now this is my first year at Terrebonne Parish, but I was at a private school before that. So I've seen both public and private at this point in my teaching career. Um, so teacher turnover. You've got a bunch of teachers that are getting ready to leave the profession, just retire, right? They did their 30 years. They're ready to get out. We've got reti- great retirement benefits that they definitely need to go take advantage of, right? But the problem is the teaching profession hasn't been attractive to people coming in, mm-hmm. right? So now you've got all these teachers that you know, trug through the mud for 30 years, getting ready to retire, and there's nobody else coming up on the bottom to replace it, right? And that's for, for a couple reasons. Uh, I think there's some sort of statistic that's like a great percentage of teachers end up leaving before their fifth year, right? And then I think with most professions, they say you're not even a proficient educator until your fifth year anyways, right? So you've got this big uh, conglomerate of teachers that are getting ready to retire, nobody to replace them, and because a bunch of people left within the first five years, we almost have nobody in the middle, right? I don't know very many teachers that have been like in the profession for 14 years or 10 years or eight years, right? Yeah, There's middle, nobody in, number, in the right? middle ground, right? For a lot of the same reasons. It's just they couldn't get through the first five years and left anyways. Or they're doing things like Teach for America where you sign a contract to only teach for two years and then you go make buku money somewhere else, right? Um, so there needs to be some sort of way to keep 
teachers in and a big influx of teachers coming in. Right? Well, I don't know how you feel about this, but you know, like you did, it, you hit hit on in a second. Was, uh, I believe you know we have a lot of single mothers out there and a lot of no father figures for these these males. So I feel like the reason why a lot of our our male our child our, say our teenagers build crazy attitudes and try to be tough is because they're raised by women, you know and. You know, they're raised by women. They, they don't. They never interact with a real man until they get to about twenty five or twenty five. They don't understand. Like, hey, there's rules. You have to, uh, you know, show respect. You know what I'm saying? And, and they call it kiss and ass, but no, it's just doing your job. You know what I'm saying? Being being good at what you want, uh, what you do. And uh, so I I do feel like we need to be finding a way to bring male teachers into our school system that show some sort of masculinity and freaking, you know, how to be, you know, you know, how to be a proper male, you know what I'm saying? Or not just male, or just person as a, as a person, you know, and be a, just a, a male figure that someone can count on. You know, a lot of these kids are being, you know, uh, raised on, you know, TV and rap and nothing wrong with it, you know what I'm saying? But I do feel like music you listen to nonstop does get into your head, you know, you want to sure. be tough, you know, you want to, and, uh, you know, you want to be tough, and I just feel if we could find a way to get our veterans that served five years in the military into the school system, you know what I'm saying, or even our 20 years, you know what I'm saying, our dudes that graduate, I mean, do 20, because once you do 20 years in the military, 20 years in the military, you're retired, you're 38, you know, you're 38, you're, you're a straight-up dude, did 20 years, been around the world, you know what I'm saying, a way to push our military into our male into education, I think would be a be a good a good move. And another thing that we had, so I did as I said, I grew up in the ghetto. Like all my friends that had a good foundation at home, you know, and two parents, they all came out very well in the ghetto. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they capitalized on what what Rex stuff they you know we had in National City. And um, Going back to you being a wrestling coach, you know, a uh, wrestling coach, we literally had wrestling as a subject for PE. We had oh, wow. six weeks of wrestling and we wrestled, <laughs> you know, and it really gave people the, the you know what I'm saying, like, you know how you did volleyball for six weeks or, you know, yeah. we wrestled and it really gave like a hierarchy, okay, this dude is too strong, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, maybe I should shut my mouth around him, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of talk about you know, promoting this manly culture, whatever whatever that is, whatever that means, I think it's not necessarily promoting a manly culture, but just being there and having responsibilities and doing what you're supposed to. You know, positive right? humans. You, you just yeah. positive humans. And I think you can get that from women too, yeah. but if you're only getting it from women, I think that kind of promotes this caretaker attitude, that teachers yeah. are, are caretakers. Nothing, and, nothing against you women educators. I love you. You guys do great things, you know what I'm saying? Great things, you know, I... I but I really think, you know, boys need to have more male role models. That, that I guess it falls down to being held responsible for your own actions. Yeah. And, like, I find males hold each other responsible more for their own actions. So, you know, that's why you, you see these these two parent like, these single-parent households, these single mothers, they get tied up in jobs. And, and you know, they come home and they're just, like, the friend to, you know, and, and there's not a lot of discipline. Just going to get more discipline in there. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and like how you know you you teach wrestling, you coach wrestling now. You know it's the programs. Programs yeah. are like what builds community. Yeah, you know, whenever I was a kid, that sport sport 
like that's where mm-hmm. I got my mind off of like what was going on yeah. at home and every that you know that was that was our community. The school can't just be a place for math, science, English, yeah, whatever. You have more. to be a holistic community, well, right? Yeah, to be something for the rest. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, the, that's why I say the worst thing it is is for a 14, 15, 16 year old to be sitting at home after high school doing nothing. Right. Because that's when he's gonna get into some shit. Get in trouble. You know what I'm saying. Because yeah. most parents don't get off till yeah. five, right? Yeah. So you've got that two-hour window. Those latchkey kids that are letting themselves in and getting in trouble between two and five until mom and dad come home. You know that you're right. Uh, so that. what's what's the third thing? Yeah, third thing. Third thing would be the financial aspect, right? Um, I'm gonna dog on Terrebonne Parish here. You know, I teach algebra three. I had about. 70 algebra 3 students this year i had 63 algebra 3 textbooks right so i can't send a textbook home with every kid so i have a classroom set which is great but if i want to give homework right that's seven kids that don't have a textbook now could that be solved with a a virtual textbook sure but not everybody has access to internet or technology right so there definitely is a financial aspect i think we are underfunding schools you know, I don't know if the answer to that is just to simply raise taxes. I don't know what it is or if it's just getting people uh, to stop stealing the money. You know, yeah. we talk about that yeah, corrupt that's, government. That's, that's, just a huge, that's a huge another topic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I think the third thing would be the, the financial aspect. Right. There's a, a meme on the Internet that shows two different classrooms. And one has like posters everywhere and it's colorful and beautiful. It looks like it promotes like a happy learning environment. Yeah. And then there's other one is like dry and dull. Right. And the two depictions are the beautiful one is a teacher-funded classroom where they've dipped into their own pocket, bought all these posters, all these ribbons, whatever, made it look like an exciting environment. And then you've got the government-funded classroom, which is bare with a chalkboard and a projector, right? That's all all you really get. I think a little bit of that comes from, uh, I think, a lot of people that used to help and donate to schools. A lot of people aren't happy with the way that the school system's handled nowadays, and they they don't participate it like... You don't have the outside community participating in the school system yeah. like it used to. And I think it's just because it's stale. We've tried this kind of public schooling mm-hmm. for so long, and it, it gets to where it works less well, and well, less well, and well, less and just less. A, it's just a big issue. That's why the number one reason why males aren't becoming educators is because nothing against women or anything is that uh, that. Uh, it's pretty hard to raise a family on an educator's salary when you yes. have three kids. You still have this the notion that you have to be the provider, right? Yeah, and yeah. No one wants to be a provider on 40 grand like a year. It's a stress job. It's like being a yeah. police officer or a firefighter. Like you have a, like you have a part of taking care of the community, and it's stressful. Like kids are uncontrollable yeah. sometimes. I mean, I could barely control my kids some days, you know. And uh, you, you pay these, you pay teachers. I mean, it's just like you pay, you pay people. The lowest denominator of like pay salary, yeah, you, you and pay the you get what jobs. you pay for. Yeah, exactly. That's what happens. Yeah, you, and not like, saying that like Brad does extracurricular stuff, tries to be part of the community. You have good educators, yeah. but then you bring in like you could be a teacher in four yeah, years. It's a four-year degree. Brad. It's an easy degree. You know, what I'm saying he has a couple hundred thousand dollars in degrees right here now, and you could literally get a job at shipyard and make the same amount of money yeah. he is. Oh, and, much more. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Bradford yeah. at our gym, we talked about what he makes compared to what I make, and uh, he makes like 50% more than I do. Yeah. No degree, you know, nothing to him, but and he only works six months out of the year because of the swing shift, but <laughs> yeah. you get the idea. So, um, going back to this, right? so, for all the parents out there, all the parents out there, 
what is the college path and what's the best way to get them to college starting in ninth grade? Starting in ninth grade? Well, you won't, but we'll say like, you know, like what's your core classes you have? Like what's your core curriculum? Because don't you have like a core curriculum GPA and then you have like a... I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so you're worried about GPA in general and I think the big thing is, is ACT scores. Um, but definitely math and English, you want to focus on those. Uh, for example, if you break the ACT down, you've got an English section and a reading section. So you need to definitely make sure your kids are paying attention. If nothing else, like you're reading uh, your kids' paragraphs, yeah. like Woody was talking about earlier, making sure that their English is up to snuff, right? Yeah. And the second thing would definitely be mathematics, right? Those, those are your big core classes, right? Um, you're required to have some social studies and some sciences in order to graduate from high school. But honestly, the science classes like biology and chemistry, whatever, don't necessarily translate to doing well in the science portion of the ACT. That all comes down to reading charts and graphs. And where do you do that? In math class, yeah. in, in all honesty. Uh, so if you want to get your kid into college, focus on math and English for sure. But I want you to be a holistic learner, right? I love science. I, I like history now. I didn't like it so much in school, but it's all super important, right? Even art and stuff like that, they don't show up on the ACT. I think this is all part of being a, a good contributing member of society and at least respectful of all sorts of different uh, backgrounds and learning situations, right? But if you're just focused on getting to college, math and English. So to be clear, guys, you can't just send your kid to school and think he's going to go to college or he or she's going to go to college, right? <laughs> Uh, I see that's what's happened in most of the points. Like, oh, is that school? Uh, is his grades? And some people don't even check their grades out of that. Yeah, for sure. You know, and uh, he's on a college path. No, you need to know. You need to see what your kid's scheduling, what the what his what his counselor's scheduling, right, and right. stuff, and to, to get to college. Yeah. But I'm a personal I'm a believer that you don't need college, you know, and I I believe if you do go to college. You should probably should wait till you're about 21 or 22, maybe see the world a little bit, find out who you are as a person, and kind of make an investment of 100 grand to education. Sure. Or what about going to get an associate's degree first, where yeah. you essentially go in and you get all, because all degrees, no matter what, you need to take some math class, some English class, some social studies class, and some science class. You could go and get your associate degree first, knock all those prerequisites out. And then by that point, you're 21, 22, something like that. Yeah. Then you can decide, oh, I want to go into nursing or I want yeah. to go be a, try to be a doctor or a mathematician, whatever it may be. But your associate's degree is like 20% of the cost of like a major university yeah. or something is, like that. But is right? university even necessary for an associate's a Absolutely. Degree? I'm just yeah. saying if you're dead set on the college situation, yeah. I don't have to go to LSU. You can go and explore the world yeah. and yeah. still work on Okay, so that's what you're implying. Yeah. I just feel like... Uh, and if that's the case, you could take online classes and explore the world. Yeah. Right. I'm more, if you can afford I, like, to do I that. literally told my son, I was like, hey, man, you know, I know you're going to play football, but, you know, if this doesn't work out, man, how about you go offshore, you're making you about 10 grand, it's like, go live in Asia for about six months, you know, if you can live in Asia for 10, six months easily, you're happy, just, just find out who you are, like, because he's still thinking about college, like, just find out who you are as a person, and if you think the college path is something that you want to do, or if you just want to, you know, you know, uh, I, I really feel like people want to make the most difference in their 30s. And that's because, you know, their late 20s and 30s, because that's when they're kind of finding out who they are, you know, and when they're able to kind of make a difference. And, uh, difference. and, you know, you feel like, man, what I did in my early 20s, like, I really can't move into those, those, those avenues because, yeah. because of my choices in my early sure. 20s. You know? 
I think that's a great idea, but I think we just have to recognize that it would still be a, a very privileged thing, right? Yeah. And for Tristan to be able to go and do that, that means your home situation has to be yeah. right, right? Yeah. You have to have a mom and dad that self-sufficient by themselves, but I can tell you there's so many kids uh, at Terrebonne High School that have to go to work because they have to help pay home bills, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mom and dad can't make the electricity bill by themselves. They can't make rent by themselves, right. and, and yeah. that's kind of I, the, I do, the sad situation. I do look over that, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a father, as a parent. Right, it's a checker privilege. I try to, I try, you know, and you know, and I, uh, I try to, I do spoil it, you know, it's because I really have nothing. I grew up on rice soy sauce. Yeah, absolutely, and I want everybody to be able to spoil their kid yeah, like that, you and, know, um, rice and soy sauce. But like uh, going uh, now off off the whole that let's go off on a tangent here. So, Brad, you are the wrestling coach. Yeah. One of the wrestling coaches, you, Cody, and Dog, right? Yep, absolutely. And uh, it's a new new program at Terrible, right? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Let's hear about this program. Sure, yeah, a little background of that. It was started by uh, Cody Noblock, who's a SRO, a school resource officer here in Terrible Parish. And uh, I think now he's the head of SRO, of all the SROs in high school, but whatever. Um, He started the program, uh, essentially takes no money to do it. Uh, he went to the school board. School board told him something along the lines of, you know, we can't afford to pay for a wrestling coach if you're the only high school that has it, right? So Terrebonne High School is the only wrestling program, I think, in the tri-state area, but definitely in Terrebonne. Tri-parish area, sorry. Um, but definitely here in Terrebonne Parish, we're the only one. HL doesn't have one. Ellender and South Terrebonne doesn't have one either. Um, so we're the only program here in Terrebonne Parish. Uh, right now we have about 12, 15 kids uh, something like that. This is we're going into our third year. So this was my first year with the team. That was the team's second year. I know that was a little confusing. Sorry, uh, but it's been great. You know, it, we've been taking a bunch of kids that weren't necessarily athletes, like didn't make the football team, didn't make the basketball team, had no other place to go. They were like, "Hey, this wrestling thing looks kind of cool." And um, the way wrestling works, anybody can wrestle, right? Yeah. When you want to play basketball, you want to be tall and run well and, and shoot well, right? You want to play football, you want to be big, fast, strong, that sort of thing, right? You don't necessarily need a specific set of attributes to be a wrestler. You can be short and thick, and you can be tall as lanky, right? They both have their uh, pros and cons when it comes to wrestling, and I think that's what makes wrestling so attractive to a lot of people, yeah. right? And there is something to be said about the, the animalistic, the raw like notion of one-on-one combat if you will you it's know literally what we want you know? <laughs> i got all of us here uh me I, i've been doing jiu-jitsu for about eight seven months now aaron about two months you know uh, i rolled with brad this morning no i didn't roll with you not this morning yeah he, he tends to give the oil check so i kind of no stay away from it that's a signature he invented it by the way yeah right no, I'm just joking. no but uh and I, I just feel like uh, grappling, the, the art of grappling in general is just so positive to you for your mental state. It's, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, it gives these kids, these uh, these kids in wrestling, you know, confidence, little, little confidence, you know. Uh, like my, like my daughter, she was completely bullied, you know, and she was, uh, you know, she has had anxiety attacks that would put her in jiu-jitsu and she just took off with it and now she walks around with her head high. And, uh, her head high. I just feel, uh, you know, uh, that that sport is just so good for our our youth, 
and then we're not capitalizing on it here. So you guys aren't even funded right now by the, by the parish. No, absolutely not. And, and another beautiful thing is that it's super cheap, right? You got to buy a pair of $40 wrestling shoes, which, and, and the long, like $40 is a lot of money for us. Some people don't get me wrong, but when it's all said and done, if all you need is a pair of shorts and a pair of shirt or a t-shirt, you know, that's a pretty cheap outing, you know, football, you need pads, cleats, helmets, whatever it is baseball you need bats gloves yeah batting gloves you put your softball coach you know how expensive yeah. that gets so if all i got to do as a parent is buy a 40 dollar pair of shoes send them off in an old t-shirt and yeah. athletic shorts that's beautiful you know yeah yeah and you can't rely on anyone else you're kind of getting to that point you know one-on-one you know got no other teammates you rely on like if you lose like it's your fault like you you did something right now it gives everybody a goal to to work toward, and it can be kind of lonely out there on the island, make you feel bad about yourself. But it definitely builds character. You, you know, definitely learn how to lose, just in the art of grappling. If you're not losing, you're not. I guess you're not growing. Yeah, you know, always bigger like fish out there. It's like a basic life thing: responsible for your yeah, actions. Yeah, you do yeah. something, you pay for the negative, yeah. or you reap, you know, reap the positive. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you something about grappling. I thought like I could handle myself. I'm like 273 pounds right now, gaining a little weight. And I thought I could handle myself. I can't handle myself. I wish <laughs> Shout out to Blacklist. They got some straight killers over there. You know, uh, killers over there freaking like out 125 pounders just freaking demolishing me. I'm literally, they're the size of my leg and they're just freaking killing me. <laughs> right. It's, it's definitely eye opening when you come into the gym and me as a 240 pound man. You know, getting the work done by 140 pound man. I have 100 pounds on you. Oh, I'm gonna own you. Oh, up on my back, and I'm in trouble. Right, I'm getting yeah. choked out. And uh, and you literally find out like, hey man, like I'm gonna, I'm not uh, uh, anger doesn't get me nowhere. No. You know, that's one one of the things I grapple. You get angry. You know, resting these kids just finding out like, just because I'm mad, I can't just power out of something. You know, <clears throat> you could try, but if they know what they're doing, it's probably just gonna use it. Yeah. You know, Absolutely, it's a and it's like a remain calm, like yoga esque, zen esque type thing, right? You have to think through these tough situations and find a smart way out of it, right? And that's a what happens in life all the time. You get in these bad situations and you can't freak out about it. That doesn't help anything. You have to remain calm and find your way out of a hold or find your way out of a monetary situation, whatever it is, you know. Find your way out of pressure. Yeah, <laughs> don't tap the pressure. Woody taps the pressure. Yeah, <laughs> relaxing and breathing was yeah. like the next level for me in the last couple months. Relax, you breathe, you'll be all right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and uh, you sent me a video. So we do talk a lot. We and Brad talk a lot. I consider him a good friend, you know. Uh, he sent me a video of him at the bus, uh, oh. at the bus, at, uh, breaking up a huge fight, like, like this huge fight at Terrebonne. Right, that's it's uh, where all the kids get on the bus. You know, he's holding this kid, you know, and the audacity of this other kid, this other kid, like Brad's holding him, right? Brad's holding him, and this other kid just comes up and just sneaks him right in the face. Not you, the other kid. I couldn't imagine the set of nuts <laughs> yeah. that kid has. Because, like, back in my day, like, you didn't do stuff like that. No. You know, like, oh, pretend you got him, you know. You're like just cat. You know, that's some punk stuff, dude. Yeah, it is. I I have no idea what, you know, the family backgrounds of any of the kids were. They were in this. They called a a group fight, if you will. Um, but I can't even imagine uh, hitting a kid that's already being restrained by a teacher. Right? Yeah, man. Like I can't even think about what could lead up to that and think that was okay. You know, well, that's like completely not okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, like 
don't know, man. That's just, that's just wild, right? So, like, let's go. Let's get into education and bullying at Terrebonne. Sure. Is that a real issue that we're having at Terrebonne? Is bullying? Uh, I would say so, both physically and uh, mental abuse and electronic abuse or whatever you want to call it, uh, social media abuse, right? So, yeah, I, I can see social media. I've, I've seen social media abuse. Like, that's like serious thing. Like, I didn't have to deal with that. You know? Yeah. I can imagine the stuff. I got beat up so much. I got in so many fights and got beat up. I could imagine if it was like out for the world to see you know, me getting my head bashed in. <laughs> right. And how many examples of someone being bullied on social media do we not see, right? Think about Snapchat those videos last for seven seconds. Obviously they yeah. exist somewhere on a server somewhere else. Yeah. But if I send a message to Woody and say, you know, you're a punk bitch, you know, it disappears after seven seconds, yeah. right? And nobody knows that kid has no proof to go show anybody that, hey, I'm being bullied. Um, so it's definitely happening, right? Um, and then at Terrebonne, you have like these turf wars, right? You know, at, at West Side, East Side, whatever neighborhood. Cla- okay, for real? Cla- yeah. cla- classic stuff, right? Uh, and then you've got stuff that happens outside of school that manifests inside the school building, right? There might be beef outside the school building. It's like, oh, I know where you're going to be tomorrow at 7 a.m., right? It's going to be on at the bus stop, right? Like, it, it's definitely happening. Um, so there's a lot of fights at Terrible then, right? Well, that's, um, the, that's the same for back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. No, nothing really changed in that regard. Um, I don't know what the number is, and it can fluctuate. And I think this year we had more fights than usual, but this year was very weird with COVID and all sorts of restrictions. Everybody was on the edge this year, for yeah. sure. This, something was really weird about this school year, so I think there were more fights this year than usual. Um, but the numbers don't seem to be going down, okay. if that's your question. So what, what, parents, what do you think parents could do to like combat the bullying with their child? Or, yeah. to, or even to address bullying if you... To, to say, hey, my son, my kid might be a bully. You yeah, know what I'm saying because no parent wants to think like, hey, my kid's a bully. Right, but your kid. But some me. kids are just assholes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just assholes. Yeah, for sure. I, I have no idea what the answer to that. That might be more for a, a psychologist or something like that. But you just have to be a good role model, right? I think there's definitely are very a, a lot of aggressive moms and dads out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, look how many videos there are of World Star of moms and dads fighting in Walmart, right? It yeah. comes down to being. Uh, a good role model yeah, for your a, kid. It's a societal, it's a societal issue right now. Everybody's trying to fight each other. <laughs> you know, I, I really think a lot of this bullying stems from kids just kind of clowning around, probably like they want to make something, make people laugh, so they talk some sort of shit. But yeah, like, someone's on the shit end of the joke. You know? Yeah, you're and, showing out, right? I mean, it's like tr- it trickles down. Like one kid gets picked on, so that kid has to pick on somebody else to f- post himself again, and you know, the, that's how the bullying was back when we were in school. It was like a trickle-down effect. Yeah. And now everything's recorded, too. So if yeah. you get in a fight, for sure it's on video somewhere, and so somebody else is going to see you fighting. And they're like, it's a matter of respect. Like, it's a pride thing, I guess. It's like, yeah, you see this video. Like, yeah, I'm not afraid to, to throw down or something like that, right? There's got to be something to that, too. But as to how to fix it, I don't know. I think getting family lives is the best way, early intervention to check for, you know, Attention deficit and um, what are the way just get angry like anger issues like I can't think of my mind blank right now but all these things are just make sure that you're psychologically right from an early standpoint right there's a lot of learning disabilities that are not caught between K through the third grade that need to be caught and so you're not even learning the right way and all of a sudden you get thrown in high school where hormones and all sorts of things are going on and you can't even process it right just because you have some sort of learning disability so okay. So that's a big issue, you know, and I, uh, 
that's a hard issue to deal with. You know, I, I, I don't promote bullying at all, you know, or fighting. But I think you guys, some parents have to like, hey, you need to stand up for yourself, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, yeah. if you do throw down and you get beat up, at least you threw down and no one knows, like, hey, he's still going to throw his pants. You know? Yeah, I think that's tough. You know, to get past it, you know, because, you know, I'm not saying we're making a, a softer generation, but we are. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully my kid grows, uh, grows up and does jujitsu and wrestling and, and things like that, and I really don't have to worry about him. But there will come a time where I have the conversation well, look, look, with look, him. That's like the biggest thing. Like, my daughter, like, she literally, like, has no care in the world that someone bullies her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She doesn't care no more. Like, she... Someone talks smack, doesn't even bother her. You right. Know? Well, talk is cheap, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. the thing. You have to prepare your kids. Yeah. You do. You know, you do have to prepare. Because, I mean, life, like, even as an adult, you'll, yeah. sometimes you'll get bullied. Like, yeah. sometimes your boss is going to tell you, well, you have, like, two hours to do six hours of work, and you got to get it done or you're fired, you know? And and that's just as bad as getting bullied. As a, that's a pressure situation. That's yeah. stressful. Right. That's so you have to, as a parent, you can't rely on educators to do it as a parent. You have to prepare your kids that life is going to, like, you're going to run into bullies. People yeah. are assholes. Yeah. Not everybody is nice. I think yeah. in the biz, we would say that they have to have the coping mechanisms yeah. to, yes. to deal with that sort of thing. Right? Whether it's brush it off, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, or words will never hurt me, right? But you can only brush it off up to a certain Yeah, point. there's so much one person can take. Right. But I think we definitely need to... Uh, harp on like walking away, right? Yeah, it's not a big, not a big deal. There's nothing wrong with walking away. And you know, we I actually used to tell my son this, like, because I didn't want to get in fights at school. School, you know, I'm like, hey, bro. So you tell your, you tell whoever's messing with you, you say, hey, get with your dad. I'll get with my dad. My dad, and I'll set up a place and we can put the gloves on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you don't look like a punk at school. You know, a punk at school. Say, I'm not getting in trouble for you, but I'll put the gloves on with you. We can go for rounds. You know. And he used to do it, you know, he, he did it a bunch of times, you know, a bunch of times and stuff. And uh, I don't think it was the best way, but if they would put the gloves on and they went at it, they would literally probably, there's a 50% chance they would, would probably cry after and hug it out. You know? Yeah, I think <laughs> so. they I play football, you know, you have an argument with somebody, you line up across from smash heads a few times, yeah. problem solved. I think there's a YouTube series called Street Beefs or something like that. And that's what they do. They find people that are beefing on social media and then put them in a ring and like, all right, fight it out. And then when this is done, like it's done. Like you guys yeah. are, I'm not saying yeah. you have to be boys, but you at least have to respect each other yeah, for like having you, the cojones yeah, to get in there. You know where you stand. You know where you stand. All right, and uh, let's get on to another subject I want to hit off. Like, okay, so are you seeing drugs in Terrebonne High School? Like, is, there, is, there, is it an issue you think? Um, I know it's there for sure. I think, I wouldn't say drugs. I would say vape is the big thing right now. Yeah. Mostly like CBD and, uh, nicotine vapes and that sort of thing which uh it's not the worst right as long as kids aren't doing heroin like i think they're going to be all right with the nicotine thing but i think we definitely should wait till they're 18 to let them make that own decision right like i'm not even a big smoker but here i am doing it right um every once in a while it's going to happen uh but yeah i think i think drugs are definitely happening these kids are talking about oh i got the cbd lace with heroin fentanyl whatever like they they told me this now how much of that is talk and how much are they actually seen? Like, I'm not seeing it with my own eyes, but you'd have to talk to, like, Cody Noble. Like, he would have a, a better idea oh, okay. on the drug culture in, in school. I would say it's happening. I don't think it's that bad. I think most of his, like I said, are moved on to, like, the nicotine thing, which 
it's not terrible, but I think we definitely have 16-year-olds that are addicted to nicotine at, at this time, and that, yeah. that's not cool, yeah. in my opinion. I thought my generation was going to be the one to stop smoking, and, you know, here we are smoking <laughs> a cigar. But if all I do is smoke a couple cigars a year, it's whatever, you know. Yeah. So um, uh, when I was, like, 14, right, uh, 14, I had a pretty huge accident, and I got a bunch of my teeth knocked out. Smoking pot all day, every day. I was smoking cigarettes. Uh, 14. It's like in a little rehab program, and I, I had to go to the dentist, right? My dentist was like, Hey, you smoke? I was like, Yeah, I smoke cigarettes and, uh, and marijuana, you know? And uh, he's like, You gotta quit at least one. <laughs> so I quit smoking cigarettes, right? And I kept on smoking pot. Smoking pot, which eventually ended, I grew up. You know, um, I really feel like, uh, you know, there's no, uh, these kids aren't learning how to, you know, just with partying in general, it's like they don't understand there's a time to party and there's a time to yeah. buckle up and be an active member of society. For sure. You know, and uh, that's why we see a lot of kids that are sheltered by parents, not it's not saying they need to introduce their kids to this stuff, but they, they need to be aware of it. And right. they go off to college and it lasts a year, and then all of a sudden they flunk out, they lose tops, they lose everything, and you know, and now they're taking out $15,000 student loans to go yeah. to school next year. Yeah. Everybody's going to find a vice. Yeah. You know, everybody's going to have a vice. Yeah. It's got to balance that vice-work-life ratio, you know, and people struggle with that. Yeah, I think as a parent you need to be aware that this is going to happen and they're going to be exposed to it and it, you need to be introduced in a controlled environment not saying hand your kid a, a cigarette but say you know here are all the bad things before you make yeah, decision realize problems. right what could go wrong you know what what a blasting effects is this going to have you know i joke all the time that i was the dare to care generation where we'd have officers coming to school and talk about oh well, marijuana is such a, a bad thing cigarettes are, are, are such a bad thing and i think there are bad parts to both but at least it gave me the knowledge to make that decision when I got older, whether or not yeah. I wanted to be part of that community or partake in that drug, whatever you want to call it, uh, because everything is a drug. Caffeine's a drug, right? We do, we do it, we all do these things. So if you want to call them a drug, they're all drugs, right? But at least I had the knowledge to make that decision for myself, whether or not I wanted to be associated with that. You know? So like with my son, right? like there was a point in his life a few years ago, like, dude, you're partying pretty hard right now. You know what I'm saying? Like. I said, I'm all for a good party. I'll party with you this Friday, you know? But when, you know, Monday hits, you know, it's time to buckle up and be a human, you know what I'm saying? Do be a part of society, you know? And uh, I had to get on to him a couple of times about that, but he's always understanding that, you know? Uh, and I really feel like parents need to, to give a little bit to, for them to understand that there is a time to have fun, because everyone wants to have fun, you know? And, uh, but you can't have fun 24 7. No. That's how you kind of, you know, walk in the streets at 3 in the morning. <laughs> Time and place situation, right? You know, you can have a, a few drinks on a weekend, but come Monday morning, you need to be ready for work, right? You need to be in the right state of mind. You know, you can enjoy whatever you're doing over the weekend, but you need to separate your work and your play. Absolutely. Yeah, and that just comes down to be a good role model, I think. Uh, and uh, let's, let's go on one more topic before we cancel this, you know, and uh, finish this up, is the future of education in our area. Where would you like for it to go? Like, let's say the next 15 years, what movements do you think that we need to sustain, you know, or even probably let go so we could pro progress in the 21st century society? I think a lot of it has to come with early intervention and early education, right? 
I teach a lot of juniors and seniors, right? By the time you get to me, unfortunately, your path is kind of set in stone. I'm not going to make some huge life-changing effort for a lot of my kids just because they're already 17, 18, 19 years old, right? I think all of our investment should be K through three or K through five, something like that, right? They're the, we need to have like psychologists, early interventionists, whatever these kids need at that young age so we catch all these learning disabilities or catch all these... Um, sociopaths that's serial killer stuff that's not what we're talking about hopefully they catch sociopaths by that age but um you know any sort of learning disability any sort of problem the earlier we catch it the easier we can deal with it right we need to fix k through five and honestly if, if i could hate on some k through five teachers real quick I'm, uh, I'm gonna do it we have a lot of men and women that are teaching k through five that struggle with math themselves right and so i think a lot of our big issues is we have people teaching fractions that have a tough time with fractions already, right? We have people teaching multiplication that don't have a sound knowledge of what multiplication is, how it works already, right? Not to say that every K through five math uh, teacher is bad at math, right? Everybody's got things that they're good at, but you need these really solid math educators in K through five. Sorry to harp on just math. You need just solid K through five teachers in general but I think we have a lot of men and women that are like, oh, I want to go. Like, I like kids. I like hanging out with kids. But they're asked to do too much almost, right? It, it, they've got to be the psychologist and teach them math, right? They've got to deal with home lives and teach them science, right? Yeah. Um, they've got to deal with bullying problems yeah. and teach them history, right? You've got too much on their plate, and I think more investment and more people need to be brought into elementary schools to, to fix things. So how did you feel about did you see the Common Core element at all? Uh, okay, so with Common Core, my classes aren't necessarily geared to that. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Algebra 3, like I said, the primary focus is ACT. So we do a lot of ACT press problems, prep problems, where I take ACT problems, we discuss them, right? And then I also talk about how to solve for X, right, just because it is algebra. And then with business math, uh, I didn't mention this earlier. That's all for my career path kids that are going to uh, just want to graduate, go, go straight to work. But they also need to understand how um, interest rates work and how to get a loan, how to sign a check, yeah. how to balance a checkbook, things like that. Right. Um, I balance my checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm sorry. That's, we're, that's we're, you can't check that stuff tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea they no idea they did that. Yeah, school, like, absolutely. It's a business like a career path forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so we were talking about early intervention. I, I forget what stem this. Why were they talking? Stem. Well, I was saying where was that? What was the question? What would make it better? Yeah, what would you think would make what, the school what, what, system? What's the future of education? Yeah, future, so we talked about early education. No, I was talking about why math. I feel like truthfully, like we need to work on STEM. STEM, STEM. STEM's like the future of everything, right? Could be, absolutely. Yeah. But I don't want to lose the and arts I'm either. I'm going to Common Core. Like a lot of people oh, Common it. Core. I hated Common Core, right? And I'm a math guy. You know, I, I do trig. Well, I used to do trig every day, you know, all day. And when I was looking, I, my daughters came up through Common Core, and a lot of people hated it, right? But when I was looking at, like, the Common Core problem, <coughs> I could see that, like, it was going to help them for, for calculus. Yeah. Like it, it was. It's gonna. It was gonna help them to, to understand the long problems, so you know, solve polynomials. You know, like yeah. for you know, in the long run, it might have been harder when they were younger, but when they get into those advanced math classes, it's gonna streamline math faster. Right. 
facet to them, you know. Um, you know, but it's not for everybody, you know. But you can't say I'm not pro comic whatsoever. But you can't say like like every kid doesn't learn the same because guess what? We all learn math. The same the way we were younger yeah. before Common Core. Absolutely. You know, we learned it this one way just because they learned it another way doesn't mean it's the wrong way, you know? It's just, you know, but, and I really feel like uh, we need to work on STEM. Like, we need to have programming. We need to have programming, like, uh, you know, JavaScript as a language offered, you know, JavaScript, Python, who's programming languages instead of trying to teach our kids French, you know? They need to be like, Two years of a language. Why don't they learn two years of frequently? Uh, computer job. language, yeah. Uh, I forgot that's what we were talking about with, with Common Core. So if I could be honest, the big problem with Common Core was essentially how they promoted it, right? They didn't do a good job of telling parents what it was and why we were doing it, right? Um, social media was just kind of starting to really boom when Common Core came yeah. out. But I think they could have done a better job of promoting it, letting people like you or dads like you know what it is, yeah. why we think it's going to work, what's good about it, what the pros and cons are about it, give you guys essentially seminars so you can come ask your questions, you know, why are we doing this, that sort of thing. So I think that they did a better job of promoting it. People would have bought into it more and it would have been more successful. Yeah. Now we are kind of getting through, uh, or we've been doing Common Core long enough to where we can see whether or not it was effective. And I think the, the general... Uh, idea is that it wasn't very effective, yeah. but it wasn't necessarily worse than what we were doing before anyways. Yeah. Now, I personally don't think Common Core was given its fair shake, fair shake because, like I said, parents didn't know what it was and how are they going to be invested in it or how are kids going to be invested in it if your parents are trashing it the they whole time. They don't even know how to do the basic Common Core. Like Absolutely. parents in second grade, they don't understand the breakdown. Numbers. Absolutely. And, and the whole and, idea... Sorry. And truthfully about it, it was like most people that do math on the real kind of break down those numbers the same way Common Core. Yeah. yeah. It's like whenever I looked at my son's Common Core, it's how I did math, the math in my head. head. They're just trying to it's show It's like what's it. going on in my head yeah. before yeah. I put it down. For sure. So if we can give a basic example, basically I do kind of subtraction by addition, yeah. right? Definitely. Um, so if I'm doing 30 minus 14, right, I can, I take 14 and I count up to 30. So I take 14 plus 6 to get to 20, plus 10 to get to 30. So 30 minus 14 is 16, because yeah. 6 plus 10 is. So yeah. it, th those little strategies seem stupid. You know, why didn't I write down 30? Why didn't I write down 14 and actually do the subtraction on paper? Well, this gives me a better idea of what subtraction is. I'm actually removing a base from it, right, yeah. a number from there. And so these little tricks seem silly when your kid comes home and is like, why are we doing addition to learn subtraction? Well. You know, that's how you make change. That's Someone you pays you. On both sides of, uh, both sides. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I worked at Sonic before I worked at Chick-fil-A. And so I had to do my all, all my transactions with cash and that sort of thing. And so when someone would pay me thirteen seventy two, you know, I would count up to the whole dollar and then count up to the twenty dollar yeah. bill. Right. And so there's your real world application right there. I didn't have time to pull out a paper or line everything up like you guys were taught. Yeah. Right. But I had these basic I think that was skills. Kind of the goal of Common Core you know, is to show them this, but technically, when they get to the advanced classes, they're not doing the long, you know. Right. They just it's just clicking in their head like that. Sure. You know, the whole idea was kind of mile deep instead of a mile wide. With yeah. you guys, they taught you a whole bunch of everything, right? In Common Core, they wanted to focus on these let's just say five really bold topics and get into them super deep, right? A real depth of understanding. That way when you got to the colleges 
or college or calculus or whatever you want to say, these higher maths, you truly understood what multiplication was or what division was or what a variable was and how a variable worked, right? Rather than just being exposed to a bunch of things, really hyper-focus on a small group of things and just learn it all the way through, the mile deep versus mile wide argument. Like that's what Common Core should have done, yeah, I right? Think, I think you have like these people on social media that complain about the math of Common Core. But I think where Common Core draws the divide, yeah. the divide is the politics it plays in the other subjects. Well, yeah, it does, because like, you don't need to go change the math system in Utah. Yeah, or I like mean, well, math is math. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, Utah has a great math, a great math scores. Like, yeah. Why are we trying to, like, change their math system if they're freaking putting out good numbers already, you know? Yeah. I, I, there's something to be said that, that, you know, we essentially have 50 little nations here, right, yeah. where apparently yeah. some states are doing better in terms of education, so maybe maybe they don't, they don't need it. But I think we need to see progress of something, and I'd rather try something new than just do yeah, something definitely. the old way that continues that, that, to fail. Yeah, you got to check yourself. You have to check yourself. Checks and balances for everything, right, even for teaching, even for just moving forward in life, right? Move forward in life. That's yeah. kind of why I backed like the idea where I was saying earlier about figuring out what path these kids want to take earlier, and maybe having a STEM school, a whole yeah. STEM school, a whole art school, yeah. a whole like vocational school, all in one district, where you could separate your kids at a young age. Like I'm not a fan of China teaching everybody the all, same but, way. Like, that's how China well, handles their education, like, and it works. Like with Votech, like a kid will go to Votech for like two straight years, right, and walk out of Votech with no cert. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like he can do body work for two years. If I'm doing body work in a freaking body shop for two years, I'm gonna be breaking out as a body man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. As a body man, making good money. You know, they should like these Votech programs. I think if we were to move forward in education, is you know, at least is not just to put them somewhere to learn. So give them a cert. You know, what I'm yeah. Give them a cert, even if it's like a. Cisco networking skirt, Windows Microsoft Office cert, you know what I'm saying? Where this dude could run through Excel like yeah. it's nothing, you know, or you know, or a freaking a welding cert. Yeah. Even like you walk out and you you have like a B thirty one oh three welding cert and you can yeah. freaking weld B thirty one oh three and you understand. Absolutely. But they're just literally going there and sitting there and pretty much doing nothing in these Votech classes and not getting anything. Well, if you go a Votech route and you already like the two last two years of high school, yeah. you're ready to break out in that field at that time. Well, then you can maybe take night classes to get your associate's degree, yeah. and then not only do you have a trade by the time you're 22, but but you also have an associate's yeah. degree and you can start your own business yeah. Yeah. instead of going to school and getting pushed the college route yeah. and then having to drop out of college at 20. Go and then learn the trade, and then you're behind the eight ball. You're like 26 years old, and you yeah. just start. That's what I did. I yeah. was 26 years old when I started my first career, yeah. and then stayed with that 10 years, and I'm here now. But I was behind the eight ball of everybody else that started that career. Yeah, at absolutely. So I do believe like the future of just of of America is automation. So that's why I do push like our kids got away from the computer because of the cell phone. You know what I'm saying? Because of the cell phone. The cell phone put a computer in your hands. So you don't deal with folder structures. You don't deal with, you know, uh, basic, you know, computer knowledge. You know, computer knowledge. And I, I feel like if our parish would be capitalized and definitely like computer coding, not like medical coding, computer coding, where, you know, they're doing two years and writing programs and building portfolio programs. Yeah. You know, they have like, say, uh, schools in California, like in, uh, in California that, 
they literally teach, kids don't even go straight to work for Google right out of high school because they're full blown, you know, coders and you know, coders. They don't even need to go to college. Yeah. Uh, college and everything we do is the you know, this table we're on right now. These mics, there's coding involved in, into this. You know, yeah. This cup right here was built off some sort of software that was you know software that was coded. You know, yeah. that was coded. And I just feel like if we push that as languages, we you know we move far in our area and the foreign area. And we do have a lot of empty buildings here, and if we push out coders young here, like oh, Terrell Parish has a huge coding program. You know, everyone out, we, you know, get jobs as coders. We can bring server companies here. We can bring, you know, tech jobs here and create more careers instead of staying in the Absolutely. oil field. You know? And if, if I can promote something good that Terrebonne Parish is doing, I feel like I've been tearing it down this whole time. Uh, I'm actually going to be teaching a computer science class next year. So I'll have one class, I think it's going to be my fifth period class of like 15 kids or something like that, where I will be introducing computer science to kids. Now, I'm not sure what the... Uh, curriculum looks like yet, but I'm hoping it's some sort of Python. I know we're going to be programming some sort of robot car or something like that. That's awesome. So we, we are making some strides, but one class of 15 kids isn't going to make a, yeah. a gigantic thing. But it, it also is the first year, too, right? you got to start somewhere. Yeah, you do. we got to move forward with that, right? In LaFouche Parish, we had a uh, like introductory class like you were about to teach. And then we had like typing and computer information system class in high school, yeah. which taught us Excel, PowerPoint, all the things you need yep. for business. And then as an elective, we also had a coding program. That was awesome. 20 years ago. Yeah. And we just never moved forward from like heavy typing classes. You know what I'm saying? Once you develop your typing skill, like, and you, like I've never had keyboarding, but I type like seven words a minute. And I know I'm not typing right. <laughs> And I'm the opposite. I, I'm a pretty good typer, but I also took a keyboarding class my freshman year of high school, and I think that was one of the best things I've ever did. It saved me so much time in college writing papers, and yeah. so if you have a chance to take you a keyboarding copy class, and paste your papers. No. Yeah. You, <laughs> so I, I hear there's like websites now that you like you you oh, go yeah. on and you can buy your paper. Oh, I don't know about that, but I do know. So if I turn in something on like Google Classroom or whatever, yeah. Google Classroom has a built-in. Um, Plagiarism, like filter, like they can tell if you're paying. Yeah, so that's what I guess. That's like, like, like you could pay people to, to like write your paper. Like, oh, that's like all online. Like, hey, I need to write a paper on this. So yeah, people have been doing that for years. But now, but now they're just. I would like elder classmen get them to write your report. I think like one essay a year is like all we need. So it's like we know this dude can write an essay, but reporting writing like a heavy you know, business report or procedure, you know, using Microsoft Office and building the table of contents, you know, uh, links in it, you know, just are really, that's what we need to be focused on because who graduates high school or you know, college, besides a journalist that's writing an essay, yeah. but who, every one of us that gets a job and moves up at a job and soon we sit in some sort of minor management, minor management, we're going to have to write a report. Yeah. Someone said it best the other day. They were like, look, if you can do Algebra 1 and you can write a five-paragraph five essay where you have a, a header, your, your three arguments, and then a conclusion, right? If you can do that, you're set for whatever business job, right? But the problem is we've got kids that can't do that, I know, you know? I know? And this is five paragraphs. You know, paragraphs aren't these big, long things. I'm talking maybe two pages, double space, right? <laughs> if you can do that, you'll be fine because a jump to two to 14 pages really isn't yeah. that much right as long as you're going back to whatever your argument is more data, right? yeah absolutely and you got to talk about your data um but 
we got kids that can't do that, right? So we at least need to still promote English up to the five-paragraph essay, right? To have a, an argument, give your three explanations for, or for three reasons, or uh, not reasons. What am I looking for? I don't know. This is why I don't Just teach English. Right, your body paragraphs explaining your initial thought in the beginning and then something to wrap it up at, at the end. Okay. You're fine, right? You can do that for 20 pages if you have to. I will... That's completely understandable. So uh, I want to thank everyone for sitting with me today. Thank Aaron for having us and giving some point of views on anytime. And, you know, and thank you, Brad. You know, uh, if you're ever looking for a good cigar, come to uh, Cigar Heads over here on Corporate and Homo. He'll definitely hook sure. you up. Enterprise. I'm smoking. I've uh, been sitting on this one a while. Mil Diaz. It's like the limited edition 2021. I'm going to get the size. And uh, this is a great stick, uh, hard to find stick. You pretty much can't get these no more, and uh, get these no more. And uh, Brad, thank you, Aaron, thank you. And if you ever have money to donate, this wrestling team over here <laughs> needs mats. All right, need yeah. some mats. They like to host their own wrestling tournaments. They need a four, like a forty by forty mat, right? Or it's about ten thousand. Yeah, it's about ten thousand. Yeah. About ten thousand dollars. We need to get them mats. We need to get them going. We need to get some of these kids doing some 1v1 against each other, you know, feel, you know, teach these kids how to lose and win, you know. Yeah, and absolutely. And if I could say one more thing, uh, just because we are being recorded and I, I do work for the community, guys, all these opinions are of my own, right? They do not reflect that of Terrebonne Parish, right? I'm not trying to tell anyone what to do. I'm just trying to give my own opinion, right? Yeah. So, you know, Terrebonne Parish, if you're listening to this, and sorry, I've been bashing you a little bit. I think we do do a lot of great things, but I just want to say that these are all my opinions, right? Not to reflect my employer or, you know, Jesuit High School. They, they've got their own set of uh, opinions as well, and sometimes they get mad at alumni for speaking out about some bad things. Well, but, you know, like like I say, it's Q&A. If we don't sit here and talk about these things, nothing will get fixed. Absolutely. Nothing will get fixed. I'm not saying any one of our opinions are right by far. I guarantee you my opinions are probably not right. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a questionable individual. <laughs> Absolutely. But thank you so much for having me. I just wanted to put that out there, yeah. you know, so I don't get fired over anything I said. You know. All right. All right. Well, thank you guys. You guys have a good day. And uh, uh, hope to see you guys next time. See you later, Terry. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that was fun. Uh, I'm not sure. Just press the stop button. There's a stop.